Hey, it's Pastor James, and I want to share the lyrics of a song with you. The lyrics read like this. Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings or blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when the thoughts trouble me. I will always let the Lord guide me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You will reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. These lyrics were written by David, king of Israel. And David did not live a perfect life so that everything was always ideal and pleasant and everything went exactly his way. David struggled with insecurities, the youngest son of a family, the smallest son of a family. David struggled with personal conflicts, what to do, what not to do, how to obey, how not to obey. David struggled with political issues, nations that warred against the nation he loved, Nations that that cursed and came against the nation he loved. David dealt with leadership issues, anointed to be king over a nation that wasn't supposed to have a king, but yet it was going to become his responsibility to be the king. But even at that, to be the second king, because the first king, Saul, the first king of Israel, had failed in his leadership. And God was in the process of replacing Saul. David struggled throughout his life with sin, Like many of us, he struggled with different types of sin in different ways, always heartbroken over sin, but never seeming to gain the upper hand on it. David struggled with family. He had family issues coming out of his background. He had family issues that haunted him the entire life. Problems with children, problems with spouses, problems with other relatives all the time. But yet in the midst of all of these potential conflicts, in the midst of all these potential disasters, David found one person who was always reliable. He found one individual he could always count on. And that's who he wrote this song about. And so I want to share with you four roles that God plays in our life, the same way he played it in David's life. The kind of confidence we can have When everything around us swirls and feels difficult and unsure and uncertain, there is an unwavering, there's a significant confidence we have in God. David cries out, protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. In verse 1, so if you want to join me, go to your Bibles, go to Psalm 16. We're looking at all 11 verses. David cries out, I take refuge in you. He says to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. Take away the castles. Take away the palace. Take away the gold. Take away the guards. Take away the glamour. Take away the cheering crowds. Take away all the things that might be good in David's life. And he still recognizes that he has faith in God. 
pour out all those good things on his life so that it would appear to most people he is the person of envy. He's got the life everybody wants. Everybody knows who David is. Everybody sings David's songs. Everybody listens to what David says. Everybody does what David says. All the influence and prestige and power. And yet, David chooses God alone. You are my Lord. I have nothing besides you. That's because David had learned over his years that God was his guardian. He's my guardian. He protects us. He, he's a place of refuge. He's, he's that place we can go, that place we can be at. No matter what's going wrong in our life, no matter how severe, no matter how difficult, he protects us. He guards us. And this is a great idea. This is a great concept. I remember as my kids were growing up, every time we had to sign them up for anything, maybe it was a doctor's office, maybe it was a school, any number of things we had to do, and we would have to sign them up. I would always have to sign the papers. And at the very bottom of the papers, it would give me the option to sign for myself or to sign if I had legal guardianship. The sense of responsibility I had as a parent, knowing that I was the guardian, the protector of my children, and now here I find myself as a child of God needing to know that I'm not by myself. I am not alone. If I feel inadequate for the authority necessary for the circumstances, it's okay because there is a God who has chosen to be my guardian to take responsibility for me and who has paid the full price and gone to the full extent of all of his grace and all of his love to take care of me to watch over me so that I can call out to him and take refuge. I can know that no matter how great my life is, it's always better when I'm trusting Christ. I can know that all my delight is in him and that those who choose a false God are going to end their lives in sorrows as he describes in verse three and verse four, but that's not my path. I'm not taking that path. I'm putting my faith exclusively in Jesus, the one who came to this world in order that he could be with me the one who dies on a cross in order that I might be forgiven, the one whose very blood signs the bottom of whatever document I may have in life and says, I'm his guardian. I'm the authority that watches over, cares for, and protects him. And so like David, we can sing it in multiple lyrics or we can say it in a simple phrase. God, you are my guardian. Jesus, you are my protector. But he's not just a guardian. He also cries out, and, and I use the role, I describe the characteristic of that role as my benefactor. In verse 5, David sings out, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. Literally, you are that feast that's placed in front of me. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. What an amazing picture of the future God has given us. He has stepped in as our benefactor and said, look, I'm going to give you this blessing. I'm going to give you this inheritance. I'm going to give you this future. And when I lay it out in front of you and I, you can look at it and you can see it, it's like a huge banquet feast. It's prepared for you. It is the portion. It is the cup that becomes the blessing because he holds the future. I can't hold the future. It's, it's like trying to hold water in my hands. I may temporarily cup it, but they just runs everywhere. It runs out and it goes everywhere. But God holds my future. What is unknown to me is known to him. What is at times seemingly incapable or impossible for me, he has under control. I love the way David describes he has set the boundary lines. That's not a bad thing. Boundaries are actually a very healthy thing. 
We understand that emotionally and psychologically, and now we understand it spiritually. Boundaries are a good thing, and especially if God places those boundaries, because God has placed those boundaries, as David describes it, in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. We, we tend to think of these things in terms of the world in which we live. So we tend to think in terms of investments or transfers of wealth or, or assets and property. And we tend to think of inheritance as something that is received upon the death of somebody else. But when God creates an inheritance for us, it's so much more than a transfer of wealth. It is the fullness of a life. It is the fullness of legacy and heritage. And when he sets the boundary places in place for David, and he sets them in pleasant places, it's as if he's gone ahead. He has moved in front of us, and he has taken us to a place that he's already scouted, already looked at, already established, and said, this is a good place for you to be. And we look at it. Much like walking up to a piece of property in a physical realm, we look at it and we see the vista and we, we look out over the horizon and we think this is a beautiful place. This is the way David understood the entirety of his future. It's hard for us to see our future. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, for that matter, in the next hour, the next minute. It's unpredictable all the time. But God has laid it out before us. And by faith, we trust him as our benefactor. And we say, okay, you are laying the pathway. I'm trusting you with my future. I'm not just thinking in terms of what I might receive. I'm thinking in terms of what you have in store. And it's, it's different because I'm not just accumulating wealth at this point. I am thinking in terms of legacy and heritage, a future that's worth living. And if I want to carry it all the way to the legal terms of inheritance, in our culture, in our society, in Western civilization, if we, if we want to go that far, well, in a very real sense, Jesus has already gone that far. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he gave us the freedom we needed. He gave us the ability to be forgiven of our sin. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us an inheritance that guarantees that we live beyond this moment. We live eternally. His resurrection is the potential for our resurrection when we cry out by faith, God, you are my guardian, you are my benefactor, and you are my guide. Scripture talks over and over again how God watches over us. David describes it, I will bless the Lord, I will thank the Lord, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. When I need help, when I need guidance, when I need to make a decision, he's there for me in those moments and in that way. He's there watching over me. I love the way David says this, even at night when my thoughts trouble me, how many of us do that on a regular basis? We wake up in the middle of the night and it's a nightmare. Or we wake up in the middle of the night and, and our mind's going so fast we can't go back to sleep. David says in that most remote, most quiet, most intimate moment when we wake up with our anxieties, God's already there and he's ready to counsel. And he's ready to guide us. So David makes the conclusion, I, I always let the Lord guide me. I want to be able to say that about the entirety of my life. I always let the Lord guide me. He knows better. He's my protector. He's my benefactor. He is my guide. And for lack of a better term, he is my lifeguard. Therefore, he says in verse 9, as a result of all these other thoughts, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to show the place of death. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. 
You will reveal the path of life to me, and in your presence is abundant joy, and at your right hand, eternal pleasures. I remember training for search and rescue as a young man. And one of the things we had to do multiple times was jump into a pool and prepare to water rescue someone fully clothed. So this is not the the picture of a a nice warm beach. This is a nice cold swimming pool in downtown Albuquerque, New Mexico, jumping in with mountain boots on and, and, and all your clothes and backpack and getting out of that equipment and getting over to where you could help and aid someone else. The moment is intensely anxious. But what an amazing moment it is when you finally accomplish your task, you, you release the burdens, you release the backpack, it sinks to the bottom of the pool, you get over to the other person, they finally relax enough to be able to calm down and you get to the side and you move up onto the, onto the side of the pool and you know once again, I'm resting securely. Life can consistently and constantly feel like drowning. But yet David understood That if God was his lifeguard, if God was the one helping him, if God was the one rescuing, he could rest securely. He could understand that he's not going to be abandoned by God and walked off in the midst of a most difficult moment. And that he's revealed the path of life. And that in his presence, there is abundant joy. There's a lot of things I wouldn't want to face alone. And I'm fortunate I have family, I have friends, I have church members just like you, who I face a lot of those difficult things with. But even if I was to lose all that, I still don't face anything in my life completely alone. Because I trusted Jesus to be my Savior. And he promised to not only walk with me, but to live in and through me. David pictured those eternal pleasures of living at the right hand of God. And we live it and experience it every day. That's how much God loves us. And that's how much a relationship with Jesus changes our lives. He is without a doubt my guardian or my protector. He is without a doubt my benefactor. He is without a doubt my guide and my counselor. And he is without a doubt the only one who can save my life and bring me into eternity where I will know no more pain or sorrow. And as I often say to my friends when they lose loved ones, in heaven, even if I was to cry, God himself, as my father, according to the book of Revelation, will wipe the tears from my eyes. Whatever tears you shed today, let Jesus wipe those tears.